Hello again everyone and welcome back to The InDesigner, the video cast that provides information, instruction and insight for designers using and learning Adobe InDesign. I'm your host Michael Murphy, graphic designer and Adobe certified expert in InDesign CS2, and this is episode 33, the first in a three-part series on InDesign's long document features. This is the episode topic chosen by Steve Moody, the lucky winner of my recent anniversary contest. Actually, Steve's request, which was shared by many who entered the contest, was indexing. However, for me to teach indexing and for all of you to understand it, there needs to be some context. Indexing is just one component of InDesign's long document features, which include the book palette and related functions, as well as the creation of automated tables of contents. So first I need to give you that context, which is why Steve's request has ballooned into a multi-part episode covering InDesign's long document features, the thrilling conclusion of which will be indexing. Okay, maybe using thrilling and indexing in the same sentence really isn't accurate, but I need to keep you all excited that this will be worth sticking around for, which it will. Part of what's taken me so long to get this episode posted is that in order to show everyone how to work with a book in InDesign, I needed a book to work with. So I wrote one. Okay, technically I took all of the scripts from my early audio episodes and made each of them a chapter in a book, but that gave me 10 chapters and 76 pages to work with. First, I'll show you how quickly I was able to set up these chapters. I created a template for my book chapters that I've placed here in my dock. Obviously, this file could be anywhere on my hard drive, but having it here is just easier for me while I'm working on this project. I'll click on this template and it opens as a new untitled document. Next, I'll go to the Pages palette and double-click this little black triangle above the Page 1 icon. That opens the Numbering and Section Options dialog. My template is set up so that this page is the start of a section, in this case a chapter, and that it uses a section marker number of 1. Let's see where this pays off. On the pages where my text will be placed, I have folios at the top that indicate page number, chapter number, and title. Right now this says chapter 1 because that 1 is actually a section marker character on the master page. But if I go back to numbering and section options and change that section marker number to 2, the chapter number in my folio has now changed to 2. And the number in the butterfly logo on my title page has also switched to 2 because it uses a section marker character on its master page as well. I've now managed my title page and folio information for the entire chapter by changing one number in one place. But this really is chapter 1, so I'll change it back to that in numbering and section options, and we're all set with chapter 1. Now, I also have my chapter name to deal with, which I've left as name of chapter in all of my master pages, so I can update that document-wide with a find change operation. I'll search for name of chapter and replace it with introduction. When I click change all, I'm notified that three instances were changed. Let's take a look at where they are. There's this big one right here on the title page, and then name of chapter has also been replaced by introduction on the left-hand folio, and yet again over here on the right-hand folio. And again, we're talking about document-wide changes that are made with one single step. Call me a geek, but I like that a lot. Now it's time to get some text into this chapter. Starting on page 2 of the file, I'll hit Command-D, that's Control-D on the PC, and place my chapter1.txt file. 
and I get this annoying missing font message, which I'll ignore. Now I have a loaded text cursor with rounded brackets surrounding it, indicating that I'm over a master text frame. I'll hold down the shift key to switch that cursor to auto flow mode, and all I need to do is click, and the text is flowed into that entire frame, and as many pages as are needed to fit this text are created in my InDesign document. I'll select this text, which is highlighted in pink because of that pesky font problem, and apply my body copy default style to it. Then I'll apply my topic heading style in the couple of places here that it's needed. And there you have it, the first chapter in my book, which now runs five pages long. All I need to do is save it in the appropriate folder as chapter1.indd. So I have one chapter, but a chapter does not a book make. I need to add more chapters, so I will very, very quickly run through those steps again. First, I'll close this file and open my template to create a new document. I'll modify the section marker and my numbering and section options to 2, so now this is chapter 2. Using Find Change, I will replace name of chapter with the actual name of this chapter. Click Change All, three instances are replaced, and there it is on my title page, as well as in the folios that appear on all of my document pages. Now I'll place the text for this chapter, just as I did the last one, using Autoflow to create the necessary document pages to hold all of my text. And then I will quickly go in and apply the topic heading style in the four appropriate places where they're needed in this chapter. And finally, I'll save this file in the same folder as chapter2.indd. So now I have two chapters, but I still don't have a book, at least not as far as InDesign is concerned. To make an InDesign book, you need to go to the File menu and choose New Book. This will create a .indb file, which you will be asked to name immediately, unlike new documents, which you don't have to name until you save them for the first time. I'll call this the InDesigner book and click Save. And instead of getting a new file, I have a new palette. This is the same way libraries work in InDesign. A file is created on your disk, but when it's open and you interact with it, it's as a palette. Now it's time to get into how to make my chapter files, my book file, and this book palette all work together. Shown here are the basic ingredients you need to work with a book. We've created a .indb file here on my desktop, but yours could be anywhere on your disk or network. Since that file is open, we have the book palette with the name of the book showing in the tab. And here in this folder are my individual InDesign documents for the chapters. To get these chapters into my book, I can either use the Add Document option from the flyout menu of the palette, or click the Add Document icon at the bottom of the palette. I'll do that and choose chapter1.indd, click OK, and notice how now that there's a file associated with my book, I have more icons available in the palette. Another way to get your InDesign documents into a book is to simply drag the file icons over the book palette. That's how I'll add chapter 2, and notice how the page range reads 6 through 10. I didn't put those page numbers in the document. It's done automatically because my book has automatic pagination turned on, and automatic page numbering is turned on in all of my documents. You can also see that all of the icons at the bottom of the palette are available to me now that I have more than one file in this book. Let's see what's actually going on in the book palette. Like most InDesign palettes, it has a flyout menu of contextual options, and for good measure, one of those options has its own submenu, allowing you to package all the files in the book either for print or for Adobe Go Live. 
and it has its own group of icons at the bottom that you can use to synchronize all the styles and swatches across the entire book, save the book, print the book, add documents to the book, or remove documents from the book. But rather than explain each option one by one, I'll explain them as we use them in their proper context. If any of you watch cooking shows, you know that whatever they're preparing, they've always got a finished or near-finished one ready in the oven. And I've got that here with a version of my book that's much farther along. Ten chapters, in fact, that span 72 pages. This is what I'll use to demonstrate the rest of the book palette's options. First, there's this little icon up here next to chapter 1. That icon indicates that this InDesign file is the style source for the book. The style source document is how you maintain consistent styles and swatches for all the documents in your book. You define how you want to synchronize your book from the book palette's flyout menu by choosing Synchronize Options. You can either synchronize all styles, which includes object styles, TOC styles, character styles, paragraph styles, trap presets, and swatches, or selectively choose any combination of the specific items you want to keep synchronized. I'm going to keep my options set to all styles and click OK. You can designate any document in your book to be the style source, and you can change it at any time. Just click to the left of the name of the file you want to be the new style source. Then click the Synchronize icon at the bottom of the palette to synchronize the book to your new choice. Once the synchronization is complete, InDesign will notify you and let you know that some documents may have been changed. I'm going to open Chapter 3, which is now my new style source, by double-clicking the file name in the book palette, and I'll temporarily close the palette to get it out of my way and go to one of my document pages. I'll select some of my body copy, then go to the Paragraph Styles palette and edit the body copy default style. I'm just going to make a simple change to this style by switching it from Adobe Caslon Pro to Adobe Garamon Pro and then I'll click OK and all of my body copy changes. So I'll close this file, bring back my book palette from the window menu, and you see this alert icon indicating that the file has been modified, which means I need to resynchronize my book. So I'll deselect that file by clicking off any file names here at the bottom of my list and click the synchronize icon to update my book. Since I've made a change that reflows my text, I get this alert dialog about one of the documents in my book. This is another example of the book palette acting as a good manager for my documents and keeping me informed about how my individual changes impact the overall book. I'll click OK for now and allow the synchronization to finish and then click OK when it's done. Now, if I go to the palette to reopen Chapter 1, which was my old style source, and select some of the body copy, you can see that it's been changed to Adobe Garamond Pro, and that matches up to the body copy default style now, because it's synchronized with my settings in Chapter 3. The same is true for all of my other chapter files in this book. But I actually want to change it back, so I'll edit the paragraph style, change the font back to Adobe Caslon Pro, save the file, and then go to the book palette and click the box next to Chapter 1 to make it the style source again. And click the Synchronize icon to resynchronize the book to the new style source. Again, I get my warning about overset text in Chapter 6, and I will let the Synchronize operation finish, click OK, and now Chapter 1 is my style source and the whole book is using its style definitions. 
Now let's look at how the book palette helps you manage changes to your book and its individual files. You may be putting together a book where individual chapters are coming in and going back out for revisions. On my desktop I have a revised version of chapter 3 that will replace my existing chapter 3. To do this, I'll select chapter 3 in the book palette, go to the flyout menu and choose replace document. I'll select the chapter 3 revised file on my desktop and click OK. The book will take a moment to repaginate. And there's my revised chapter in the book palette, as well as the updated page ranges for the rest of the documents. My book now runs 76 pages. To keep myself organized, I'll move this new chapter into the folder with the others, delete the old version, and rename this one Chapter 3. But now my book can't find the file, and it displays this missing document icon next to the file name. To fix this, I could either choose Replace Document again from the flyout menu, or just double-click the file name. This results in an alert message that gives me the option to replace the missing file. I click Yes, then navigate to and choose my replacement file. And everything is updated accordingly. Throughout all of these changes, the book palette is acting as a document manager, keeping styles synchronized and pages numbered properly. For instance, if I move chapter 5 before chapter 4, the whole book is repaginated accordingly. And the same thing happens when I put the chapter back. If I delete a file from the book by either clicking the Remove icon here or choosing Remove Document from the flyout menu, everything gets updated again as you can see here. I'm going to put Chapter 6 back into this book, but I'm going to show you a Mac-only method for doing it that you might not be aware of. With the Chapter 6 document open, I can go up to the icon next to the file name in the title bar, click and hold, then drag that icon over the book palette and release, and my pagination is restored once again. All of this pagination power is controlled by you based on the choices you make in the book page numbering options available from the flyout menu. Your options here are continue from previous document, which checks the last page number of the previous chapter and starts paginating the next chapter from the very next page. The option I'm using is continue on next odd page, because I want all of my chapters to start on a right-hand page, since I have those title pages in each document starting off each chapter. With this choice, I'm given the option to insert a blank left-hand page at the end of any document that doesn't already end on one. This functionality is true of continue on next even page as well, just reversed, so that all chapters will begin on a left-hand page, and blank right-hand pages will be inserted wherever necessary. And it's this option, automatic pagination, that needs to be checked to make all of this work. Without this checked, my documents will keep their original page numbers unless I choose repaginate from the book palette flyout menu. Let's take a look at how this works to better understand it. I'll open Chapter 7 of my book and minimize the book palette to get it out of my way. Then I'll open the Pages palette and go to the last page of the document, which is an even-numbered left-hand page. This means that my next chapter will start on the very next page, since I set my options to continue on the next odd page. I'll close this file, expand the book palette again, and open Chapter 8. In this chapter, the text ends on a right-hand page, and there's a blank left-hand page at the end of the document. Watch what happens when I drag this page over the trash icon in the Pages palette. In fact, nothing happens. There's still a blank page 60 at the end of this document. Let me try to use the Pages palette menu to delete the page instead. 
Same result, no change. Since this file is being managed by the book, I cannot remove this blank page from within the file. InDesign needs to keep this page in the document in order to honor my settings to start all chapters on the next odd page. Notice that every document in my book ends on an even-numbered page. This is not a coincidence. InDesign is maintaining this for me according to my settings. Let's wrap this up by looking at the remaining options in the book palette, skipping over what we've already covered. One of the benefits of working with books is the ability to batch process your files. If you have either all of the files in the palette selected or none of them selected, your available options apply to every document in the book. For instance, you can pre-flight the entire book at once rather than having to pre-flight each file individually. InDesign will churn away for a while as it checks every file in your book for potential problems and eventually come back with a report for all of your book documents. From here, you can also package all of the files in your book in one operation. Similarly, you can use the Package Book option in the menu to package your book either for Adobe Go Live or for print. Another batch processing option is to export the book for PDF, which aggregates every document in your book into a single PDF file. In the export dialog, you'll notice that your options for printing specific pages are grayed out. This is because the export book function requires you to export the whole book, not just a few pages. Click export and again InDesign processes all of your files in a single operation, eventually producing a PDF file of your entire book. As you can see here, I now have a 76-page PDF. Or you could print your book to any printer you have available to you. Here again, the options for printing specific pages are grayed out. You have to print the whole book. However, if you have just some documents in the palette selected, the context of your options changes. For instance, Preflight Book becomes Preflight Selected Documents. Package Book becomes Package Selected Documents and the same applies for your export and print and synchronize options. Automatic document conversion will convert any InDesign CS or earlier version files to CS2 documents, and small palette rows is just an option for crunching down how everything in your book palette looks, which I suppose would be a help if you had many, many documents and not a lot of room to open up the palette. And speaking of books with many, many documents, I need to point out a huge error for those of you who actually read the help files or user guide. According to both, a book can contain 1,000 documents. It actually says that twice in the documentation. Well, take a look at this. This error message shows that the limit on the number of files you can add to a book is 100. The product documentation is wrong by a factor of 10. So before you waste a lot of time adding 900 plus documents to your book, be advised it's not going to work. Hopefully InDesign CS3 will expand this limitation because I can think of many reasons why I'd want more than 100 files in a book. That wraps up part one. In the next episode, we're going to move on to building an automated table of contents for this book that's dynamically updatable and highly customizable. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, please post them on the blog at indesignsecrets.com slash theindesigner. And check out all of the other great information on that site. It's the independent resource for all things InDesign. Or you can contact me by email at info at theindesigner.com or look for me on AIM or iChat as The InDesigner. Until next time, this is Michael Murphy for The InDesigner Videocast and InDesignSecrets.com. Thanks for watching.